Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
So, you're saying this Prince of Snakes, he was summoned here by the Erethim? To use as a weapon? Apparently, even the Erethim's reach can exceed their grasp. According to Rathu's journal, this snake-born entity turned on them, hunted them down enclave by enclave, amassing power as it went. The thing's maturation was unnatural, of course, staying a child for only a few years before becoming full-grown. That's when it struck, and if the writings are to be believed, they just didn't summon a creature from a bulger, but an unbegotten. The sight of such a birth would be irreversibly corrupt, destroying any who might come near it. Great. So now there's a god running around who you say killed some of the most powerful beings to ever walk the earth? Jesus, fuck! No need to get that upset, Salvatore. We're safe for now. And from what I've been able to gather, the Prince of Snakes is long dead. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, Vorin, but I don't exactly have any superhuman talents. River can destroy anything and everything with his words. You can transcribe any written language using your ink hoodoo. Maffa can see the future, and even Wesley can understand these people's languages. I'm just a fucking grunt. I got a gun and a foul mouth, and something tells me harsh words ain't gonna cut it. Unless they're coming from River, of course. River's brow suddenly furled, and he began to sign feverishly. River disagrees. He thinks you're selling yourself short. He says back in Misereth you were a true warrior. He was proud to fight alongside you. Salvatore blushed a little his face turning the color of a cherry. Thanks, River. I appreciate that. I, I really do, but... It'll be a fucking miracle if I make it out of this place alive. Vorn put his hand on Salvatore's shoulder. We're all going to survive this, my friend. Come hella high water. We're all walking out of your life. Salvatore just nodded, only half believing his friend's sentiment. Ah! Isn't that nice? Maybe we should all hold hands, tell each other how great we are, and sing Kumbaya. Do you humans really think the universe gives a fuck about your sentiment? Your dedication to others' welfare? If you only knew the universe for what it was, a cosmic killing field, and it has no tolerance for the weak little Wesley. Be assured that you're in a hideous place. A place where the weak die and the strong lord over the riven corpse, laughing. Despite your little pep talks and feel-good group hugs, your friends will die. And not in an honorable, dignified way. Oh no. They'll die screaming and begging, pissing and shitting themselves while some creature spills their insides all over the mud and grinds their bones to dust. That is the reality you live in. That is the awful truth of the world that your kind cannot admit to itself. That it tries desperately to pretty up with poetry, art, and whatever other colorful blankets you use to hide the truth. Jesus, someone's in a grumpy mood. So what? We should just wallow in the misery of it all? Lament that we live in this nihilist nightmare? Of course we cover up the world. What other options do we have? Stare into the abyss? Let it swallow us whole? You weren't so averse to that when you arrived here, little Wesley. Committed to meet the darkness head-on, no matter the cost. Tell me, what colorful blanket have you thrown over that dead wife and daughter of yours? That is, if they're even dead, and not the playthings of something you've spent an awful lot of time not thinking about. Mention them again, you fucking wretched thing, and I'll tell everyone what you are. Let them kill me. At least I wouldn't have to listen to your bullshit day in and day out. 
Tell me, what do you tell yourself to get through the day, to endure the fact that, for some reason, you're trapped in here with me? If you really had the power to do the things you claim, you would have done them by now. I don't know how you got out before, but it's clear to me now that you can't just do it at any time you please. Doubting me would be a grave mistake, little Wesley. Go ahead and tell them. Tell them about the monstrous force that lives inside you. I would greatly enjoy tearing them apart and making you watch, letting their screams echo in your memory forever, their desperate pleas play out over and over in your dreams. Just go back in your little hole and leave me alone. The voice snickered as it receded back into the mental black spaces of Wesley's mind, a place somehow within and without. Sometimes he wondered if it was some alternative dimension that the thing lived in that was somehow tethered to his psyche. It was funny. Years ago, he would find such a concept absurd, chastise himself for even entertaining the thought. Now, he lived in a world where powerful entities made homes and headspaces, a man spoke words that could melt steel, and another that could prognosticate the future via a magic lantern. And that didn't even include the otherworldly horrors that Grimlin had introduced. He'd always thought the world was a terrible place, for more prosaic reasons. Corrupt governments, war, oppression, corporate greed. But now, it was a horror show of a different kind, where humanity's evils were paltry misdeeds that withered in the shadow of greater, timeless evils. He thought back to all those movies and books sporting the overdone premise of man being the real monster. No, apparently the real monsters are actually fucking monsters, inhuman entities that thrived in hell-like spaces called bulges, where they sought to enter the human world and turn it into an unfathomable hellscape. Except they weren't like demons from the Bible, but a heterogeneous group of entities with their own strange agendas and appetites, all of which either directly or parenthetically spelled the doom of humankind. He was still struggling with it all, with the great darkness, with the death of his wife and child, with the fact that living nightmares roamed the earth. He thought back to when Voren shared his post-darkness awakening story, how therapeutic it must have felt to get that off his chest. He wondered if telling his companions would help lighten the burden, share the heft of the pain so that the others might help him carry it. Completely ignoring whatever was being talked about, Wesley simply started to talk. Uh, after the darkness, I woke up in a pit. A dark, black pit. The rest of the group paused and looked at him, at first puzzled, and then with sympathetic eyes. I, I pawed around like some baby with its eyes still shut. I've never felt that alone in my entire life. I, I thought I might be dead, that perhaps I, I was wrong and there was an afterlife after all. Some void we all just floated in aimlessly for eternity. But then I, I started to move and I felt the harsh solidity of the world. And what was weird was that I, I, I felt almost disappointed, you know, like, like I knew somehow that living the rest of my life was going to be worse than being dead. Funny how the dark enlightens. I, I crawled for I don't know how long until I felt a wall. But it wasn't a wall of earth, but of smiling, googly-eyed puppets made from people. Their bodies. They'd just been dissected at the joints and 
somehow put back together to resemble a puppet or marionette. I, I revised my thesis. I wasn't alive. I was in hell. For what other explanation could there be? For the longest time, I just, I just screamed. My voice bouncing off the pearly teeth to grinning visages of hollowed out, strung up humans. And then, almost out of spite, I began to climb, stepping on the mountain of mutilated marionettes, their macabre, jolly eyes moving as I went, watching me. I can, can almost remember each face, each of their evil smiles fixed, their limbs caught in suspended animation. I continued to yell for help, but silence was the only answer. The quiet of hollowed-out human puppets who, if, if you listen closely enough, it seemed to whisper. I don't know how long it took me to reach the top, how many times my frayed sanity caused me to cry out. But when I finally crawled out of that pit, I just, I just laid on the dirt floor of the darkest woods I had ever seen, convinced I had just climbed out of hell. I'm not sure how long it was before I was discovered, but the authorities told me they found me in the... Kinderman Woods. How, how did you know that? Finish your story, Wes. It's okay. Wesley paused for a moment. They didn't find my family, my wife and my daughter, until years later. Just hollowed out puppets found that far from where they discovered me. But... That wasn't the end of it. Sometime later, my daughter visited me, hiding below the floorboards of my home. She'd been hollowed out, a giant hand orchestrating her every move. She had that same stupid smile and vacant gaze I saw in the other puppets' faces. I tried to end her suffering, but whatever it was that had her simply receded back to wherever it came. Soon after that, I got a call about a mission to Grimland. I didn't want to be in the world anymore, so I agreed, hoping maybe I could, could somehow confront the darkness or, or die trying. Honestly, I, I didn't care. I still don't. The circle of men were silent for a few moments, the crackly chatter of the bonfire replacing the silence the alien ambience of unidentified bugs and animals providing a somber backdrop to the horrific story. Finally, Salvatore spoke. I'm... I'm sorry, man. I... I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know you'd gone through that, that... that you'd lost your wife and daughter. My sympathies, Wes. The darkness took so much from the world, and it took more from some people than others. I wish there... You knew where they found me. How? Wesley felt a violence welling up inside of himself, a tempest of emotions roiling in the pit of his stomach. Ah, the Kinderman Woods is an infamous location known for its strange phenomena. There are tales of a city on streams residing somewhere in those woods, a giant hand lowering and lifting it into the sky, stories of people getting lost only to return as living marionettes to harrow their families. There's even a folklore of a small hand puppet that calls itself Mr. Snaps that lures people into the woods and drags them up into the sky. The legends go on. What the hell is it? Dark scholars have many theories, but 
Nobody really knows. They're often referred to as the ones who pull the strings, for obvious reasons. There's been some high-profile cases where servants of the things or things have made headlines or history. The Geppetto killer, for instance, a murderer who turned his victims into bloody marionettes, was thought by various dark scholars to be an accolade of the ones who pulled the strings. Ethan Pantages, a talented puppeteer that entertained the courts of King Henry VII towards the end of the 15th century, was found to have murdered children to create his life like marionettes. Legend has it that he was appeasing a god of some sort, and that upon the eve of his death he pledged his soul to it. Their influence doesn't seem to be bound to the Kinderman Woods, however. Some speculate it also haunts a place called the Hollow School in America. You mean that school where all the kids fell down that hole in the classroom? They say no one's ever been to the bottom of it. They just sealed that shit up. That would be the one. What do they want? What do any of them want? Their intentions are... elusive. Inhuman. Wesley just stared at the fire, his eyes reflecting a cold, vengeful resolve. He now had a name for the thing that took his family, even a bit of its history. Wes, what happened to your family? You can't blame yourself. These things, they're... they're timeless. There was nothing you could have done. I don't blame myself for it. I blame these fucking things. And I swear to Christ I'll do whatever it takes, whatever it takes, to wipe them off the earth and wherever the hell else they exist. Silence overtook the group again. This time, the palpable rage of a man who lost his family was providing the heat rather than the campfire. Eventually, the blaze shrunk to flitting embers and Voren, Riva, Moffat, and Salvatore decided to go to their respective tents. Wesley volunteered to take the first watch, his fire having not yet smoldered. For the first few hours, he sat there, staring aimlessly through a broken wall at constellations that had no business lighting up the sky. Then he began to look inward. What do you remember during the darkness? Surely you remember something. I'm the same as you on that account. I have no memory of it. Fuck you, you're lying. I have access to some of your memories, remember? I heard you talking to something, trying to make a deal of some sort. Oh, little Wesley, that was just a dream. And even if it was a memory, it could have taken place at any time. Funny thing about memories is that they tend to come time-stamped and I got the overwhelming feeling it took place during that blacked-out year. <laughs> You'll have to excuse me, but I wipe my ass with your feelings. And even if I did remember, why would I reveal that to you? Do you have some kind of power over me that I've yet to witness? <laughs> At least tell me about the thing in the pit. You're supposedly eons old. You must, you must know something about it. And what good would it do for you to know? Hmm? Do you think you can kill it? No. But you can. Ah, I see. The wheels are turning. You wish to use me to gain your revenge. Is that it? Can you do it? I can do many things, my little Wesley. But the thing you wish dead is quite the schemer. It would take cunning, brutality, and most of all, a favor. What kind of favor? I want the Moffat dead. Jesus, again with Moffat. What the fuck is your issue with him? Sure, he's an asshole, but I, I don't get your hang-up. 
Like you, I don't like string pullers. His people are manipulators, and I prefer to have all my variables known. He's up to something, and since he's a Moffat, it will be at our fucking expense. Kill the Moffat, and I'll kill your puppeteer. I'm not going to murk. Wesley snapped back to reality at a faint sound. Beyond the chatter of nighttime bugs or the ever-present rumbling of the sky, it was a vague hum, dancing ever so slightly upon the edge of his hearing. He strained his eyes to locate the source of the strange buzzing, but only saw the surrounding buildings and what little the moonlight revealed. Something, however, came into view. At first, he thought it was a low-hanging thunderhead, but upon a brief flash of lightning, he saw that neither possessed the shape of a cloud or its color. It was black and hazy, as if it were a thing made up of millions of tinier things. As it got closer, it began to settle upon the building just across from him and his compatriots. It spread itself across the crumbling walls of the neighboring structure, the black stuff seeming to writhe and shiver, and the once subtle hum became a resounding buzz. That's when Wesley realized the thing for what it was, a giant swarm of flies. They carpeted the stone face of the monastery-like building, undulating like stormy waters. Then it did something peculiar. The black cloud began to pour down onto the ground like a waterfall. Once little more than an inchoate mass, it now began to cohere into something with symmetry, something roughly humanoid. It stood eight or nine feet tall, and, as the thing began to solidify, it seemed less like a horde of flies and more like flesh and bone. While Wesley couldn't get that good of a look at it, the entity seemed to have assumed an awful shape. Barbed tendrils writhing wildly from its form, large fly-like wings protruding from its back, a blanket of still buzzing flies draped over it like a shroud. It stalked between the shadows of the buildings, filling the small alleyways with a chatter of chitinous insects. The voice suddenly broke through Wesley's consciousness. Quick, you moron! Douse what's left of the fire and wake the others! Wesley did as the voice told him, smothering the remains of the bonfire with his boot. Running over to Riva's tent, he ripped the zipper open. The sound must have awakened the malsair, as he was already sitting up when Wesley saw him. <sighs> Riva, something's here and it doesn't look like it's interested in making friends. Grimland is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Stephen Anslone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld. Sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anslone. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. And if you'd like to know more about Grimland and contribute to its nightmarish expansion, visit us at www.patreon.com forward slash Maltopia, where you can gain access to all sorts of art, mythologies, stories, and more. For more information about Grimland and the world of Maltopia, visit us at maltopia.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.